Well, good day and welcome to the Aussie Church Leaders Podcast, where we want to help Aussie Church Leaders grow stronger for longer in their ministry content. We are at episode number 25. My name is Riley and I'm here with Chris. Chris, mate, how are you? I'm fantastic, mate. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And two-parter between episode number 25 and number 26, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we're looking at um, this idea of creating irresistible environments uh, across these two episodes. I know it's been pretty challenging time to say the least for uh, ministry leaders. And at the time of recording this, Victoria has just gone um, or announced a state of disaster. And so mm-hmm. the restrictions that are in Victoria are very, very different to what's happening in New South Wales and in Queensland at the moment. There's a lot of people who are tense um, because of, you know, um, what, what's happening on the south side of Brisbane. And so yep. there's, there's a very real possibility that, um, that things could be pulled back in Queensland as well. And so we want to talk about this idea of like, well, how do we create irresistible environments, whether that's physical? Because mm-hmm. um, if you're listening in the Northern Territory or you're listening in WA, you've been back at physical gatherings for a month. Um, or if you are still in the online space, you are in got your feet in both during this yep. time, we want to yep. talk about, hey, how do we... How do we make what we're doing, our ministry environment, so irresistible that church and unchurched people would want to lean in? Mm. Um, because across across history, um, and particularly um, the generation that we're living in, uh, the church has been anything but irresistible. In fact, a lot of people would say the church has been um, really, really resistible. Mm-hmm. And people, I guess, with their experiences, different experiences of church too, and you know what gets shown on the media, but also their experiences with people who call themselves Christians as well. Um, you can see a, a lot of reasons why people push back against the church and find it resistible. Uh, yep. But we are, Chris, we're looking at, at irresistible being the key word uh, and looking at number episode 25 today, mm. like we said, breaking this into two parts. What's our angle uh, what, where are we coming from as we're looking at irresistible environments for today's episode? We want to look in, in part one at the challenge of relevance. And, and I call it a challenge because I think there's um, been this false dichotomy drawn. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording mm. as we wait for the car to drive past. Um, that there's this false dichotomy between um, almost like relevance and being biblically sound or teaching, um, teaching doctrine. And, and it's almost kind of like, well, you can, you can be one or the other, yep. but you can't, can't be, be both. You can't be both. You've Except got to pick one. And, and you were even sharing with me that, um, that in your, uh, as you were kind of going through ministry school, mm. one of the youth ministry models was all, it was actually presented as like these two sides of the, of the coin. And so yeah, I just, kind of, you split between the, this engagement model you know, the engaging church with all the sound, all the cool stuff, the whiz bang technology, smoke machines. I haven't been to many churches with smoke machines, but there are churches out there with smoke machines. And yep. I've got a secret smoke machines are pretty engaging. Uh, and they could cool. have a good smoke machine, but at the same time, moving between, you know, these, these two boxes that we're talking about, you know, kind of this engagement model within the church scene. And at the same time, you know, how can you be, both engaging and theologically sound at the same time. So, you know, it was this real kind of, um, yeah, again, we're talking about a dichotomy uh, between the two. You could only be one or the other. 
Um, so I guess starting a conversation around, you know, is it possible to be both? Is it a spectrum? Is it two boxes? Uh, is, is a really you know, important conversation for us to have, particularly as we navigate it in a season when there's a lot of unknown ahead of us. Um, I but think we can a, find ways to engage people. And I think it's a great time to have it, um, this conversation. That's why we wanted to have it now, because a lot of churches are rethinking um, approaches to ministry. And in, mm. in the past, you know, you've got different people with different perspectives. And so you'll have some um, pastors who'll say, all you, all you got to do is preach the word. And that's kind of their bent. Um, but then you get kind of your youth pastors or your kids in uh, people in kids ministry. And you say, they're like, Hey, we need a band, you know, we need lights. We need to be engaging for um, the students. So then you've got administrators and people that are like, Hey, we need to get organized. We need to get focused. We need to make sure we've got the right resources and the rooms mm-hmm. aren't booked out. we got mm-hmm. our, you know, our COVID safe plans in place. Now um, child safe policies in place. And, and those are all important factors, but if you leverage one over the other, then you, you tend to at, times get a highly resistible environment Mm. and um the reason we want i want to talk about and we want to talk about today this idea of the challenge of relevance is because relevance i think in some people's minds when they hear relevance they think like trying to be cool um or trying to water down the gospel um and so i just want to assure anyone that's listening that that we want to wade into this challenge because i don't think and we don't think that um relevance should be synonymous with being cool, being creative, being right, or being organized. Mm-hmm. But it is a combination of those things. You know what I mean? Cause there's, there's something about when you walk into, um, into a space and, or into a church and you hear a song played really, really well. It's just something like, Hey, that, that was powerful. Mm-hmm. And then the same, when you go into a church and there's, musicians who maybe haven't practiced are singing off key. You just think that's just not fun for me to listen to. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like for someone who doesn't go to church or isn't a Jesus follower to be listening to that, or this is incredibly messy and I'm, the signage is unclear and I'm not mm-hmm. sure how to get there. Or if you're a parent and you rock up to a youth ministry and there's no leaders out, but they're like running around and there's balls being pegged everywhere. First thing you think in your head as a parent, like, is this safe? Like, are they yep. expecting people? Like what's going on here? Um, so I want to kind of weigh into and look at this challenge of relevance. Cause I think it is a challenge and to help our listeners kind of start to think um, through and kind of paint the picture of just how challenging relevance is. I want to give three scenarios because I think Ooh. sometimes I just think sometimes a scenario. It's, yeah, that's a yeah, big word, yeah. right? Oh, it's a great word. You're going to walk us through. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to, for us. I think sometimes it's easy to see the challenge when we kind of have a, a mental picture. And so um, you, you might actually be listening to this in your car as you're driving at the moment, but I just want you to imagine that, you know, you've got a flat tire. If you're listening to this when you're, when you're driving, um, imagine you've got a flat tire and someone pulls up behind you. You have to pull over the side of the road. Someone pulls up behind you and you think to yourself, Oh, fantastic. Like they're here to help me. Like you don't know how to change the tire. Um, you miss that course, or maybe you don't have a spare tire, but you just think, Hey, this, per- this is going to be so helpful. You're about and to get person- rescued here. Mm. You're about to get rescued. Then the person jumps out of their car and they walk up towards you with jumper cables. Jumper cables. Okay. In that so- moment, jumper cables are not relevant to the situation you're going through. Cause what you- mm-hmm. you've got a problem with your tire mm-hmm. and the jumper cables are helpful. The jumper cables are useful but they're just not relevant for the issue that you're facing. 
But I look good with the jumper cables, Chris. I look like I'm a mechanic. I, I look you, helpful. I think you could look good if you pulled a wrench out of the car. Too, <laughs> I'm to just within the time. scenario here. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got someone, they've come up with me. They've come over to me, sorry. Mm. They've got jumper cables in their hand. I've got a flat tire. And, and I think that's the challenge of relevance is because those jumper cables do a great job. They're a fantastic tool. But in that moment, they're not relevant to the problem you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so another scenario to kind of help us think through this is, um, is you actually work, you know, you work for a company and um, you know how sometimes like, you know, when you're at work, your bosses kind of offer you seminars or they offer you to go to workshops and they make it, they sell it and they make it sound really, really cool. And then you get there and you just think to yourself like, why am I here? Like mm, it's not even free food. You're just getting a free water bottle. Exactly. This, I don't need another water bottle. I've got 17 of them, right? The um, keychains. the keychains are pretty good for USB. Uh, they so ever chuck the Mentos USBs, right? just in the bowl in the middle of the table too. So if my boss sends me out, I'm heading out to a PD workshop experience. So you go to this PD yep. and, um, and the PD is all about tire changing techniques and roadside safety. Great. Right. That's all. It's, it's all what to happen when you get pulled over with a flat tire. Yeah. Here's the challenge. Is the seminar relevant? Well, yes, it is. It is. It's important that you know all that stuff. Very handy. But the question is, does it seem relevant in the moment? And the answer a lot of the times to that sort of stuff is, well, no, because when am I ever going to get a flat tire? Hmm. That's exactly it. And, and if you've kind of newly graduated uni, a lot of, a lot of uni students will say the same things. You know, you kind of go in and in the first year or so you learn all this information. You just think to yourself like, when am I going to use this? Like, how does this fit into it? And it's not until after you graduate that you're like, Oh, right. That mm. was really, really relevant. I should go and get the textbooks back yep. that I need. Yep. Um, when you know your the theory really goes into practice and no, I totally get you. I'm Chris. sure you hear that at high school all the time with students going like, what are we even doing in mass? What are we, why are we doing this? Like yep. we're never going to need when will information. I ever need to find out the circumference of a can. And yep. you tell them every day when you go grocery shopping yep. is when you'll need to fight. <laughs> That's not a great example. That was one of the questions I had in high school and I'm still yet to use, you know, finding out what the circumference of a can is. But I, I do get you, Chris. I think we, we don't realize until we, we kind of come out of the high school context as well until we figure out, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, figuring out your, your mortgage and everything like that. Like math is actually an essential part to just everyday practical adult things of life you don't so, realize until you're taken out of the the actual environment that you're a part of and that's so true and there's there's so many things that we we encounter in life that are relevant but because of the moment that we encounter them in they don't seem relevant mm. um and so the third scenario i want to give us we'll stick with the car theme yeah is again you're on the side of the road but this time you've got a flat tire at night and a car pulls up behind you and three really big, scary looking guys jump out of the car and start speaking a foreign language. Okay. The question is what's most relevant in that moment? Cause all of a sudden things shift, right? Cause, cause all of a sudden you, at the moment you were like, okay, I need to, I need to get a, get my tire sorted. I need to get back on the road. And now someone pulls over they get out, they look menacing, they look scary, they start speaking 
uh, at a language that you don't understand, you're kind of freaking out. Now, all of a sudden, what could be most relevant for you is I need to understand the language. So I understand like, are these people trying to help me or are they, mm-hmm. are they trying to hurt me? Have I been to a language seminar through my work? Have I been sent? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. Okay. So, so that's some, that's something that becomes really, really relevant in that moment. Safety becomes really, really relevant yep. in that yep, moment. Yep. You're thinking to yourself, like, is this a safe situation to be in? Is this an unsafe situation <laughs> to be in? You're trying to, you're trying to piece all of this together. And so it's interesting how relevancy changes. Cause in that moment, one moment, what was really, really relevant was got a flat tire. I know how to change that. Mm-hmm. And then a few moments later, something shifts and, and all of a sudden the things that were relevant aren't as relevant and other things become really, really, really relevant and important to pay attention to in, um, in that moment. And so mm. the reason I tell those three or give those sort of three scenarios is because there's some insights that we can get. Um, there's some insights that we can gain as we kind of navigate the challenge of relevancy as it pertains to creating irresistible environments. So the first insight is this, is that information does not address uh, information that does not address your felt need is perceived as irrelevant. Mm. Okay. Can you break down Chris, just before you jump into that, when you talk around felt need, what, what does a felt need kind of look like? Good. So in that, in that first scenario, um, a felt need is um, what, well, well if, if in that, in the first scenario, a, a felt need is I need to get my wheel fixed. That's yep. the need that I'm feeling right now. Someone jumps out with some jumper cables. It's perceived as irrelevant. I don't, I don't need jumper cables or flip that around. You know, if you've got a dead battery, someone comes walking up to you with a tire, you, you come walking up to people, someone with jumper cables, Riley, you're the hero. Oh no. I'm in the hero on this one. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, you're the hero. But if you've got a dead battery and you walk up with, with the wrench to take your tires off, you look like an idiot. Like it just looks, people are like, why is this guy coming with, with, a wrench to take, to, uh, to take nuts off a tire when this person's battery is dead. It may, that's it's not the right tool for the job. It's irrelevant. All the gear, no idea. Exactly. And so information that does not address a felt need is perceived as irrelevant. And here's kind of goes back to this, why I think this is a false dichotomy between engagement and speaking mm. yep. um, biblical truth is I think yes. they, the two have to come together because there are a lot of churches across Australia that have been faithfully preaching the gospel and speaking mm-hmm. truth for a long, long time. The problem is the rest of the country doesn't perceive it as a need. Mm-hmm. They don't feel the need for Jesus in their life. And so it's perceived as irrelevant, even though we know it's the most important message that anyone can ever hear. Mm-hmm. But there's so, a gap. There's a gap. So, this, this kind of leads to the second insight is that information that you aren't convinced you will ever need is yes. perceived as irrelevant, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, kind of back to the seminar example, you're kind of thinking to yourself and if you're at school or in the first couple of years, you're like, when am I ever going to need this stuff? And so it's not that it's not relevant, but it's perceived as irrelevant. Yep. And this is kind of, I know some listeners will probably disagree with me, but that's okay. Um, it, it's why sometimes I, I really resist the, I, like, I, I think universities are super, super helpful for training certain levels of theology. I think one of the challenges is, is that out of universities and out of ministry schools and people come back into 
student ministries or youth ministries and children's ministries and adult environments. And they communicate and preach as if they were talking to people in a university setting mm-hmm. who think about this stuff as much as they do, who are as passionate about this stuff. Yeah. The scholarly viewpoints and the, and the reality yep. is that's just not the case. Do people in our communities love Jesus and want to follow Jesus? Yes. Yes. Ticking all the boxes. Um, but not all of them are called to understand or have this pull to, um, to full-time ministry and want to study in depth scripture, mm-hmm. the way that, you know, people like you and I who are, who um, feel called into full-time ministry might want to. And so what that can do sometimes is that leaders get up, preach incredible messages, but the information people listening to it is perceived as irrelevant because they're not, mm-hmm. they're thinking to themselves, when am I ever going to need to know that Greek word? When am I ever going to need to know that Hebrew word? Like it's just, mm-hmm. and so it's not irrelevant, but it's perceived um, that way. And then here's the third thing. That's an interesting insight. Once we've moved past that um, insight number two, which is a little, little um, uncomfortable, maybe for some of our listeners, Insight number three is an uncomfortable context can distract us to the point where we perceive relevant information as irrelevant. And so I'll say that again, an uncomfortable context can distract us, distract us to the point where we perceive relevant information as irrelevant. So all of a sudden, like go back to that car example on the night on the side of the road, that uncomfortable, that, that um, situation becomes uncomfortable. And all of a sudden now we're distracted from the point where we're like, all of a sudden we're not thinking about our tire. We're not thinking about the fact we have a flat tire. We're thinking about a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and I can give a, uh, an example in a, in a church setting. If your PowerPoint screen isn't working, if it keeps flickering on and off, if it's like there's some, that can distract people to the point where they begin to perceive information as irrelevant. Mm. If you've yep. got someone who is constantly singing off key and it's really hurting people's ears or the, or the sound level is so badly out that this, there's a guitar that's just like drowning out everyone. Um, it can distract people where we perceive relevant information as irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a really good one um, before we went into um, online services, right? I don't know whether you remember this, where I was speaking and someone accidentally set off the smoke alarm in another part of the school um, where we meet. This is brilliant because I remember it was leading up to Christmas as well, uh, which is the time when you want alarms going off uh, yeah. in, <laughs> and, in a hall. And, um, and, it, and it happened twice. And I remember thinking to myself, if this happens one more time, where I'm just going to call the service right now because the alarm is such a distraction that people are going to, people are not going to walk out of this remembering anything our band have done. Remember anything that I've spoken about. They're just Mm -hmm. going to think, Hey, this is so painful. And I wish they would have stopped this. And I, because it's just so irrelevant Mm -hmm. Um, or sorry, the distraction is so big. It causes them to to feel that everything else is irrelevant. So, Mm -hmm. and I think that's when we, we as church, as the church, uh, as Aussie church leaders too, with, within our context, actually place ourselves in the, the shoes of those who are engaging, not just with our services, online services, uh, with our different ministries and, and you know, uh, different spaces and environments that we have where we actually put ourselves in the spot of identifying what some of these kind of distractions and, and gaps might be. 
because um, again, Chris, I love how we've broken down, you know, that the, the stigma attached to relevance and that it's just an engagement kind of model thing, but there's, there's certainly more to it here. Oh, and I, and I think it is ultimately deeply um, spiritual. It's not surface level. Um, it's not shallow uh, because at the end of the day, yep. exactly yep. what you said, Riley, um, it is taking into care, into consideration the needs and the experiences of the people that we're trying to minister to and the, and the people that we're trying to reach with the gospel. And so the more effectively we can do that in our ministry environments, the better. Mm. So it isn't a matter. It's not the battle between engagement or sound doctrine. No, there's more to it here. There's more to it. And so I want to finish on, um, cause you know, we love application here. So the next step. So, yeah, I want to give you three things that you can begin to do to be relevant by embracing the the challenge of relevancy. Mm. Um, So the first thing that that we need to do in order to have relevant environments that we're doing ministry is we need to be aware of current felt needs. We need to be aware of current felt needs. And those, those felt needs change from um, year to year. There are some felt needs that you can almost act like clockwork guarantee they're going to be there. For example, at the start of the year, typically in our setting, we will do a sermon series or a message series around starting fresh or a one-off message on yep. you know how to have a good year. Why? Yes. Because at the start of the year, whether you're a Christian or not, people are thinking about, oh, how do I begin the year? Even if you don't like setting New Year's resolutions, there's always those people that need to tell you they don't set New Year's resolutions. So there's kind of like felt need mm-hmm. sort of happening. Usually around this time of the year, um, we'll have a series around some spiritual disciplines or we'll have a series around um, rest or reflection or um, practices. Why? Because people are feeling tired usually around term three. The the year's been going. We've got through Easter. The momentum's starting to run out. We haven't quite hit October, November, and we're kind of ramping up for Christmas. So people are a bit tired. Yeah, heading towards current, the third quarter. Mm. It is. It's the third quarter. It's that felt need. And so, um, as I mean, at this point in time, um, Riley, we we are uh, we communicate a lot in our church context. And as soon as COVID hit, we just threw all our message series out the window. Um, and again, to meet felt needs, <laughs> I think that's part of actually, you know, having a lens on what the felt needs of your community is as well. Cause you have this awesome opportunity to, to actually take the time to step away from the details of maybe everything that's going on within your ministry administration side of things to actually step back and, and see, you know, what God's revealing to you and the, and the community in front of you and engaging and listening to people as well. I think that's one of the you know, great encouragements that we can also give coming out of today is, is having conversations with people within your church community, not just leading from the, the top down, coming alongside of people and, and serving people and finding out what's actually going on for them. Because again, uh, you know, no one could have predicted what was happening this year. I know we've done enough episodes about that, Chris, but in times of crisis, um, now's the time to, to not just be reactive about felt needs, uh, but a time that, that we can be proactive in our approach to actually speaking into it uh, with a relevance. And I think a question um, that leaders, you know, just to get granular that they can ask is what are the current felt needs? It's as simple as that. And, and ask that question, Hey, what are the current felt needs of uh, kids in our youth ministry? 
of mm. people in our children's ministry? What are the current felt needs of parents within our church? Yeah. What are the current yeah. felt needs of people who attend our adult environments? One I love to ask um, is I love to sit down with my unchurched friends and I just like to ask them, hey, what, what are the current felt needs that you f- you're feeling in your life? Mm. And it's so surprising to me that like oftentimes the felt needs of Christians and, and unchurched people yeah. are pretty similar. Yeah. They're very, very similar, right? So um, I, I think it's, yeah, I think asking that question um, is, is one way to be um, helped to engage and uh, battle the challenge of relevancy. The second thing um, that you want to do in order to, to embrace that challenge of relevancy is we want to elevate the audience's awareness of their unfelt needs before we start to address them. Okay. Yeah, so, unpack that a bit more. Yeah. So imagine, um, imagine that you, your, your car is on fire, Riley, but you don't My know. Corolla. Your Corolla, your beautiful Corolla oh, Chris, is Marola. on fire. I just got new windscreen wipers for her as well. So your new windscreen wipers. Also on fire. Oh, the whole, okay. Well, no, no, no. You don't know it. Okay, so the fire is oh, out my the harmonica's back. in the glove box. Sorry, yeah. I just realized my it's whole okay. life's so in there. So the fire is out the back corner of your car. You don't know it. You're at, you're waiting at a set of lights. Yep. And someone comes racing up to your window and starts banging on the window, mm-hmm. and you think, "Oh my goodness, they're trying to rob me." So you drive off. Well, oh, no. they're trying to bring to you an awareness of a need that you have. It's a, it's an unfelt need because you yep. don't know it's there. Cars yep. on fire. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. that you think, oh my goodness, I don't, have, I don't have this need. I need to drive off because mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy. So one thing we need to be aware of is when we're leading in church settings is there will be needs that people don't feel that they have. For example, mm-hmm. the reason that a lot of people don't follow Jesus is because they don't feel like they need a savior. They don't feel like they need to place their trust or their hope in God. Like why would they? I'm sure otherwise they would be. Mm-hmm. And so there are times that we have to, bring these things that, that are unfelt needs yep. and we have to bring them to the surface somehow if we're going to address them. Yes. Okay. Um, so in that scenario, if someone was to actually point me back to the fire in the back of my car or show me what was going on, yeah, for I me to one, actually look back. I think one really simple way we see this done a lot mm-hmm. in church is, you know, the, the typical, you know, sinners in need of a savior. It's true. But for someone who doesn't understand their need for a savior, they're going to hear that and they're going to go drive off straight away. Yeah. It's a massive jump. Mm. Yeah. I sin. Okay. Bad stuff, but I'm not a Jesus follower. I don't. So we need to raise that Mm. awareness of this unfelt need within side people before we can begin to, um, before we can address it. So question, a couple of questions to, wrestle with this one is is firstly this question what's the tension i need to create what's the tension that i need to create so if you want to help them uh, meet a need what's the tension you want to create so that they're kind of leaning in and going oh i kind of i want to know what that is now mm-hmm. um, or what's the question that i want them to answer yeah. so for example um a couple of weeks ago in our setting we did a a message where we asked the question like, why is there suffering in the world? Mm. And one question, the question I wanted people to answer when it comes to suffering is like, well, how does your worldview answer suffering? Mm. 
Because I think a lot of people, when it comes to suffering, it's kind of like, oh, well, I could ignore Christianity because yep. God and suffering, I don't, I don't think that they can exist together. Yep, can't mix. Yeah. So what the tension I want to create is, and the question I want them, the tension I want to create is actually just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean the tension's not there. You've got to address it. Mm. So what's your answer for suffering? And then how do I get them to beg me to answer the question? I know they need someone to answer is the third question to ask. So then once we bring that to the surface and they're like, Oh, hang on a minute. Maybe I didn't realize Mm. that I need to answer it on my worldview. Well, 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 what's, what's, what's a Christian answer to this worldview? What's, Mm. what's, what would Jesus have to say? Mm -hmm. So the three questions are what's the tension I need to create? What's the question I want? uh, I want them to want me to answer. Mm-hmm. And how do I get them to beg me to answer the question? I know they need someone to answer. Mm. That's how we elevate people's awareness of unfelt needs before we address them. And those aren't just three questions that we can ask in the space of, you know, a Sunday message or a Sunday online message. Um, I'm thinking as well, Chris, even from a social media point of view, you can probably take these three questions, take some of these tensions towards again, uh, you know, the, the internet world side of things. And so they're at the face of people as they're, they're scrolling through their phones as well. Oh, absolutely. I think there are, there are some tensions that either you don't want to do an entire series on or they don't need an entire ser- um, mm. message to answer it. So I think sometimes just short, sharp content online yep. can bring it to people's awareness and make them want to engage a little bit more. Mm. And I think this is what Alpha has done really well too. Yep. Um, across the globe too, almost uh, acting as this starting point free course that people can access with the tension of, you know, I think the first episode is literally called life. Is this it exploring you mm-hmm. know, the questions, the big questions we have in life about purpose, meaning uh, and, and faith too. It's a great way to actually meet people where they're at. Uh, that's a great takeaway for number two. Uh, but Chris, you've got one more for us. I There's do. A third. And the third is, we've got to address needs in a way that people consider helpful. Um, There's no point addressing a need in a way that people don't consider helpful. A great example of this is um, my brother is a physiotherapist and I, uh, one of the things he comments to me a lot is that uh, you talk to clients very differently than you talk to colleagues. So there's different language between clients and colleagues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause what he, what he said to me is like, when my, when my patients come in, when my clients come in, they don't want to know all the technical names of the muscles. They don't want to know how, um, how, how it all fits together. Mm. All they want to know is, what do I have to do to get back to playing sport? Or what do I have to do so my back doesn't hurt? Yeah. And so he says that he explains it in a way that takes all the, all the scientific jargon out of it mm-hmm. and is helpful to them. Yet for his colleagues, he speaks in a very different way because there's a lot more nuances and there's a lot more things that they have a prior understanding of. And so that's true when it comes to um, whether it's kids or youth or adults, Mm -hmm. Um, we need to talk to people in a way and present um, content in a way that people um, consider helpful. Mm -hmm. There's no use someone asking, you know, like the question for alpha um, if they're kind of brand new to faith exploring it, and, uh, and we pull in a PhD philosopher who lectures on epistemology. Yep. And it's throws a lot helpful. of Latin in and everything else. Yeah. 
there's time so i think it's part of contextualization as well there's probably definitely times we'd love to throw in a couple of extra fancy you know words and, and extra information um but again it's it's not always what the people in front of us uh, need to hear and i think that's a great a great example ultimately great we want people to mold their lives to be more like jesus mm. and so i think the question is hey is what i'm is what I'm communicating helpful to people to, for people doing that? Or is it, yeah, is it, is it unhelpful? Mm. Mm. So, a yeah. great way of breaking down that stigma around the definition of relevance and what it looks like in the world of the church. Well, Chris, maybe just in wrapping up, just to, to summarize episode number 25, mm. at least for part one, before yeah. we talk about what our listeners can get keen for, for episode number 26, where we jump into part two, could you just uh, just go through again, just those three next steps application points, uh, just yeah. to give us a little bit of a, a conclusion for today. Yeah. Episode. So the three next steps are um, in order to tackle the challenge of relevancy, we need to be aware of the current felt needs. So mm. easy way to do that is to ask, what are the felt needs? What are you feeling at the moment? What do you feel like? What are you wrestling with? What tensions do you need to address? Second thing we need to do is we have to elevate the audience's awareness of their unfelt needs before we start to address them. Yes. You can begin to discover these by asking questions like what's the tensions or that what, what is the tension I need to create? Um, what's the question that I want them to want me to answer? Mm-hmm. And then the third one is how do I be- uh, how do I get them to a point where they're begging me to answer the question um, or they're begging me to say, Hey, I need the answer. I need someone to answer that question for me. And then the third thing, is we've got to address needs in a way people consider helpful. Um, I didn't give a practical way during that, but one way you could do this if you lead in kids ministry is to ask parents, Hey, would this be helpful for your children? Cause you might get a very different response from parents than you might from children. You could ask mm. um, people who aren't Christians. If you're, you know, if you're a preacher or a communicator, you could say, Hey, I know you don't buy the whole Jesus stuff, but if I was to talk around this idea mm, and I was yep. to say, Hey, here's the application or here's what you should do with it. Would you find that helpful mm. and see what they say? Yeah. Those are great, great next steps and a great wrap up for episode number 25 as well. The challenge of relevance, but it is a part one with a part two coming into play. Um, Chris, maybe you can give us a little bit of a snippet as to what we're looking at next week. Well, next, 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 yeah, next time on the podcast, we're going to look at three essential ingredients for creating an irresistible environment. We've tackled the challenge of relevancy. We're going to give you give you some time to do that, and the next time you tune in, we're going to look at what are what are the three ingredients that really make up an irresistible environment. So you're not going to want to miss episode twenty six. We will be so excited to have you there. In the meantime. Maybe you have a couple of questions coming out of today's episode, or maybe you have some insights you'd like to share or some things you'd love uh, to hear more about on the podcast. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, There's a couple of ways you can get in touch with us. Chris, one of the ways always is uh, through Insta, through the gram. Um, Instagram is easy. Yeah. You can just search my name, Chris, uh, P-O-D-L-I-C-H. You can find link to that in the description as well. Riley, You've got a funny way of spelling your name, but we'll link to that in the description as well. We'll link in the description too. It's R-E-I-L-L-Y, Riley Connor Brown. But again, we'd love to hear from you. And, um, um, and if you follow Riley, just so you're aware, 
um, you follow someone that Matty J follows as well. So if you're a Bachelor fan, Matty J follows Riley Connor Brown on Instagram. Big news, breaking. Breaking. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for throwing that in. Got your back. <laughs> we, um, we always have a lot of fun here at the Aussie Church Leaders Podcast. And we are, we'd be super excited to hear fr- uh, more from you. Maybe you're a regular listener now. We'd actually uh, love to know. Uh, you know, any feedback too, we're, we're always keen to, to find out more. You can drop us a review um, in the uh, podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes or, or Spotify. There's a couple of different platforms we're on. I'm trying to think. Google, we're on a whole bunch of, where, wherever you so listen to podcasts, we are. We'd love to engage with you. We'd love to hear from you. But thank you again for joining us for episode number 25. And remember, you don't have to do everything today, but you can do one thing that will help you lead stronger for longer tomorrow. We'll see you next time on the Aussie Church Leaders Podcast.